I think it's um, appropriate that we uh, start this service off with a selection from the choir. Okay. <laughs> um, I woke up this morning with a song in my heart. Mm -hmm. If you know it, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. That boy good. You better There's say. There's a poor, unsuspecting soul being harassed by the beehive. Oh, Jesus. You know what so the universal <laughs> sign, the universal sign for shut up? What is it? What is it? Beyonce knows it. That, that shoulder bump. That was, a, that was a lean back, shoulder bump, everything. Oh. Face twisted and all. OMG, and we have to talk about it. We are going to talk about all of that and more on Season 2, Episode 1 of Cold Pop. Yay, so let's get into it. Let's get it. Marcus Drew Steele. And I'm Trent Rashad. And welcome to our first official episode of season two. Yes, season two. So we gave you a little preview, but of course, you know, we're back with the jump off with episode one, ready to hit it hard. We are in June with what, the first week of June now. Yes. So it's officially Pride Month. And I'm excited. So much going on. Much. A lot. And so let's go ahead. We have a lot of topics tonight. Let's go into it. Okay, so we're going to get started with a weekend recap. And let's just kind of ping pong off a little bit of each other here. Um, I'll start. Let's talk about this past weekend. It is June, and Chicago has seemingly not got the memo that it's summer, or that it's about to be summer, or that it's June. What is going on with the weather? I don't get it. Okay. I'm pretty frustrated right so, now. So, Marcus, I just want to go back really quickly this is season two okay and that was season one and i'm bringing this right now this is called please, the archives okay um. so please let's insert clip of season one marcus complaining about the weather but like it's not changed do not feel sorry for him ladies and gentlemen this is what we were talking about a year ago you've been here a year now you know what to expect don't get brand new. No, 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 no. So no, we're not no, talking about that. No, no, okay, no, no, no. and what's next? No, I want to talk about no, the we're weather. We're not talking about this. You know what you you know what this was when you got into it. Fine, whatever. I'm salty about it. You um, put a coat and you keep moving. You put on a some basketball shorts. You put on some basketball shorts, some slides, a winter coat, <laughs> and you keep it moving. I saw a meme the other day that said from. Uh, then it took Beyonce's freakum dress. That was like, now fellas, sometimes you go back in that closet and put like that freakum dress. Exactly. But it was basketball shorts, slides, and a white tank. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what that me of. Tim's maybe, depending on what the day is. <laughs> right. So you keep pushing here in Chicago. Sometimes you go okay. back in that closet so and put like that freakum dress. You have no excuse. You know what to expect. Uh, so we're not going. We're not going there. Whatever. What else is going on with you? Uh, work. Fun balance. I oh, feel like no, please. That's 
Yeah, that's everybody. Well, you clearly don't have that mastered, <laughs> <laughs> so you should listen up closely, pay attention. Um, I'm trying to figure out a work fun balance, and like this weekend, I feel like was a really good weekend, you know, to kind of help kick off the summer season and figure out how much I'm putting into work and then how much yeah. I want to get out of it with like just my my sanity and like just my personal time that I can go out and not think about work and like have fun with friends and do other things like that. And I feel like that's one of the things that I want to work on this summer that really hit me hard this past weekend. Yeah, I think it's tough. One of the things I've always said is, you know, we, I think we as millennials always have this idea of self-care and we're really promoting this idea of having a balance between work and play and all of that good stuff i think that that's great but at the end of the day i think also millennials have a want and a need to do well and to have that recognition piece about you know whatever product that they're putting out as well we want to know that we're doing a good job and we need that validation and so for me for instance you know i recently stepped into a new role at work and I mean, very much the same view. Like this whole, this entire past weekend, I was working. I was working, I mean, pretty much what, 12 hour days, both Friday and Saturday. And sometimes Sunday. Um, as well as Sunday. And I had to step away Sunday. It was, you know, it was just kind of bad. I was a little trash for that. But, um, you know, when emergencies call, that's what you have to do. And so, to kind of give everyone out there a little bit of an idea, I'm now overseeing this project at work that is basically 24 hours. Um, people can, you know, have to get in touch with me, you know, because there could be an emergency that pops up because I work with students, of course. And so, you know, we're working with the summer program and students and, you know, we're basically in charge. We're basically right. in charge. Their parents are away. They're not. They're so you're the overseer. So, you you know, gotta be available. I'm the overseer. And while though I'm not live in, anymore thank god praise god <laughs> um, i still oversee the program and so a lot of decisions have to come through me and so it's really tough in those aspects to have that work-life balance right i know that for me right now it's not i'm it's not balanced no, say it's i'm not definitely no. i'm definitely working crazy amounts right. more than i ever have but i also know that i'm killing the game Right now, in my work, more than Come I think, on. more than what people thought I was going to be able to do. Right, um, and I'm being recognized for it, and that good. feels good. Um, I think it would be something totally different if I if people was just if you like were trash. Yeah, if I was right. trash, or people thought like saying that I was trash, or like right. you know had lots of complaints, but it feels good. Well, I mean, I think I would say being in the position that I'm in now, um, it's, so I have a similar style position as Trent, but in a totally different field where you're you're managing people, you have to make decisions, and you know a lot of things come through you. And one of the things that I've I've learned very quickly is when to turn off my phone or when to turn off my computer and unplug, you know, and like create hours for myself. You know, I get everything that I need to get done in those hours, and just like you killing it and producing a lot of great content and stuff but once those hours are over with like don't call me don't message me don't email me because you know i mama gotta have a life too jody so yeah i mean i can't quite cut my phone you can't but mama gotta have a life too Jody. no i totally get that i totally get that piece and you know it's it's one of those things that I think I will... There will be ebbs and flows of how I balance it. Once again, it's a brand new role for me. Right. So I have to figure out exactly how to do that. But basically, this entire past weekend, 
I saw I was doing was working. What else? Well, you um, did do something I else did this weekend. Have, you know, it was my old man's birthday and so it was Bay's B-Day um, on Sunday. And, and when so he said, oh, he meant oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I was doing that as well. So I was trying to be the dutiful um, husband and plan, you know, something special for him and have, you know, everyone there that he wanted to have there while I was completely working these right. 12 hour days. It's called the multitasking. Um, so I was, I was definitely, I was okay. definitely Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> I was definitely, <laughs> I, Come on, look, Wonder I was, Woman. I was, I was Superwoman. You okay? I was spin White. with this last okay? song. <laughs> I got your Superwoman. Yeah, that was me. Um, right. This entire past weekend, and so I think Sunday went well. You were in attendance. It was good. I it thought I good. did a really great job, yes. even though because like there was even like a little meltdown that I had to manage from Bank when things weren't necessarily coming together how he wanted them to. But they came together. But they came together. And and people was, came out and supported. Very happy. Yeah. It was a full. It was a full, yeah. nice little turn up. If there's one um, thing that, that this friend group knows how to do, it's turn the party. Right. The party so, goes wherever we are. So, yeah. So, that Here. was good. Um, and so, we had that Sunday. And then, before you know it, it was back to it Monday. It was back to Monday. So, but that's that was my weekend. Okay. Good, 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 good. My weekend was pretty good, too. Um, let's go on and switch gears a little bit here and get into a new segment that we have started. We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> Um, it's called Woo Child. Or Woo Chile. Woo Chile. Uh, so this segment actually came as a um, listener request. From, yeah, from one of our listeners. And so, Chris, we love you. And you, um, Chris has been one of our faithful supporters since day one. Chris, actually, you are. You are, no, Chris. He's amazing. You are, Chris. So he actually um, suggested that we do a segment like this for season two. And so, of course, we wanted to incorporate it. Don't know if it'll be a standing segment or not, but... We definitely wanted to give it a try and um, share with all of you. So I want to kick things off. Okay, go for perfectly it. Go okay. for it. So Woo Chow or Woo Chile, as I like to call it, are basically the best moments um, of pop culture that we've had. Or so the far. worst moments. Or, yeah, or social media or things that we've seen. And so I, for me, my, my complete favorite, I've like watched this video probably twice a day, um, if not more, is the... It's above me now video. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's above me now. Um, so if you haven't seen it, just to kind of set the scene for you right now, it is a, um, a young brother that is working at a hotel desk. And apparently the person who is who is off camera um, is pleading with him to get a room after she has basically called him the N-word over the phone. I guess before and trying to set up a reservation. Mm -hmm. And so she's now come in person trying to get a room and she's pleading and pleading and she's trying to apologize and trying to apologize. And my, my homeboy is not having it whatsoever. He's like the best Western is across the street. <laughs> and her daughter comes in and she's like, like given every excuse, my mom died, my cousin died, my granny died, <laughs> my dog died, my mailman died. It's just like, Complete, you know, it is the epitome of white privilege of just thinking that it's going to automatically change. Um, and homeboy is not budging. He's like, it's above me now. The best Western is across the street, but it's above me now. But it's above me now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but it's above me now. I would say on the once again, it's above me now. <laughs> on the flip side, though, 
Wu Chow to that same boy who's also got a lot of controversy because of his um, trans remarks. They unearthed his old tweets. Okay. And he stands by them. I guess he's apologized now talking about how he uh, doesn't get why people would want to be trans and how that's just not the way to go. And as a gay individual, he just doesn't get it or understand it or want to be around it. And a bunch of people are dragging him on Twitter for that too. So Not saying that my brother man is perfect. Very. Um, but it provided lots of great laughter. Absolutely. Um, and, and trust me, it was it was um, in its essence, a, a true viral moment. Okay, well, my next Wu Chow, Wu Chow, this Beyonce video at the game three of the NBA Finals. I can't. <laughs> this is the universal face for a girl. Shut up. You know, and she even put a little body movement into it, too, just to make sure she got her point across. And she knew she was on camera, so she couldn't give that lady the business. But Wu Child at this beehive, it won't let this lady live. I don't understand. You know what? And they they I mean, it was a, it was a matter of hours. And when they Literally. found the girl, Literally. Who, or the I think it's the owner's wife or something like that. Yeah, it was the, um, the owner's wife who owns the warriors. And they were letting her have it. Actually, Beyonce publicist Yvette had to put out a message saying stop um, yeah and I thought that that was um, I mean it's ridiculous to be honest with you and like this is true I should actually save this for a later segment called Spill but uh, sometimes I am a little bit embarrassed to be a part of the Beehive like I just be like okay come on cousins. come on people like we can't always go we can't go after everyone but people I mean they were pulling no stops no. and so it's just one of those things. I think also as celebrities, you have to strategically get your point across. Because if right. she said something crazy, then, then it would have been an entirely, right. entirely different story. Right. So how can I use my nonverbal communication to let you know that I'm to not? To let you feeling know it. that I'm not. But one of the things that's crazy about this, and I've seen this in a couple of times with Beyonce, is that I think people get so starstruck around her right that that emotional intelligence goes out, out the window. window it's not it's not like it's a human anymore it right. is beyonce, beyonce that's like it's celebrity. almost like a disney character right. like so right. they have no you know they're not get of course they're not giving any non-verbs it's just like i'm by beyonce and like my reader for how you are feeling or anything like or how that, you're supposed to act it it it, it totally goes out the window. Exhibit A, Omari Hardrick at the award exactly. show where he like kissed her three times like, exactly. sit so down Omari. Like, I mean, but it's like you go to that point of being starstruck and all of that, just kind of that common decency of just being able to read those signs right. um, goes out the window. Because She's just a not, person, y'all. It's not like it's a person and so it's tough. And like to not, you know, to be completely honest, I can't say that I would have a different reaction or a different mm -hmm. um, way of acting if I was around Beyonce. I might be the exact same way because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, shoot. I remember one time I saw Dave Chappelle in L.A. And I immediately went into fangirl mode. Oh, and really? I came up to him and was like, can I get a photo? And he was like, I'm on the phone. <laughs> and I looked. It took me a while. And it was just like, oh, you are on the phone. I apologize. But he was like, we can take a picture. And so, we, I mean, he was really gracious about it. Right. But that immediate, like, like everything else not is reading goes, yeah. anything of just like... Social cues or like just common like, sense. Yeah it, yeah, it totally goes out the window. No, I think I would say because of what I do for a living and what I've done in the past, I, I've met a lot of celebrities and 
I think that a few of the times with some of the bigger celebrities that I've met or gotten to interview, I've been nervous, but I think the most refreshing thing that you could do is treat them like anybody else. I agree. I think one of the times that, I mean, and that Dave Chappelle moment was like, what? I had to be like 2006. I feel like I was like 16. <laughs> Probably. You know? right. I yeah. was like super Seven, young. Six, I was like 17. a kid. I was yeah. a kid. Um, but it's like to treat them like they're humans. But even yeah. in that space, even in that space, it's like, I'm really trying to keep cool right now. Like, I'm trying right. to keep Yeah, I mean, like, there's been some moments in, inside of me like, oh, shit, I'm interviewing so But on the outside, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, cool, 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 I whatever. I a very similar instance with Charlamagne, the guy. Yeah. Where I was just like, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, hey. Oh, okay. That's what's up. <laughs> you just like, you gotta keep your cool and you gotta treat them like anybody else that's all I feel like I asked him how he was doing like four times four, right and see that's how when he's a little overboard he's just like okay. he was like okay this is crazy and it's like a Charlamagne <laughs> like come on like what are we doing alright uh, what's your next Wu Chow oh gosh Wu Chow the next moment is for the babies you know it is graduation season and lots of graduations are happening and of course there's always the valedictorian speech that is going on, but recently in Texas, one of our valedictorians had a little bit of an issue um, as she was giving her speech. She was trying to pay tribute to um, teens who have either been killed mm-hmm. um, through unjust, you know, by unjust means, and she started to go through some names, and she only honestly mentioned two names. Um, so as she was giving her speech, it, you know, to kind of paraphrase, it was something like. You know, standing here, I can't help but to also think of those who didn't have this opportunity right. to graduate, um, whose life was taken too soon. And she started to kind of, she said, Trayvon Martin, and she said, Tamir Rice. Okay. Um, and I know she got those two names out. Uh-oh. And the principal, mm-hmm. you could see it clear as day. I watched this video a couple of times. You could see it clear as day, but he kind of signals to the cut sound guy oh. to cut it, her mic. And um, shortly thereafter... That mic was off. Oh. And she paused and she gave it a moment. She signaled that her mic was off. And the principal quickly got up and gathered her and was like, You're done. Oh. Basically. I didn't get I don't we don't see exactly what the verbal is because the right. mic is off, clearly. Right. But she went and sat down. Right. Um, and so it was really interesting the backlash that kind of came to the principal to the school after all of this. Um Going back and kind of doing some research, she did go off script, mm-hmm. so it wasn't in her because they all have to submit their script before, right? Right. And so those names weren't listed in there. It came out. She later did a quick little interview with Washington Post saying that she did initially put those names in there, and they asked her to remove them, mm-hmm. and she did. Um, and so, in you know, in our respect, she you know she was like, "I'm gonna do my you know right. as students will do, as right. kids will do." So this is, wait, like, is this high school or college? this is high school? Okay, high school. Okay, there's no valedictorians in college, girl. What, <laughs> what are you? See, you I can don't tell know. you ain't been nowhere. You don't know. I can tell you ain't you been nowhere. You don't know. I know she that. I'm just high... asking. I'm Slow. for clarification for the listeners, anyway, for the listeners, no, no, okay? Um, they might not know. Dang, I'm for the people here. No, okay, sweetie. this is a show okay. for the people. But anyways. Uh, so she was basically saying that they asked her to remove them and said, and once again, this is paraphrasing, was basically saying like, what are like, this is, you're not going to institute any change by mentioning their names. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so messed up to it like is. kind of silence this 
student who has worked extremely hard to get to, to that have position. this platform right. and with this platform wants to do something to speak to right. um, this cause and you know and to pay tribute to to those young men it was it was definitely a woo child moment that made me pretty upset so one question was the principal of melanin descent or so it's funny that you say that because he does look melanated uh-huh. and i'm trying to see exactly who if he was doing something from from his own or from like the, the superintendent, superintendent right. or higher ups right because he does look melanated on the camera right um, okay unfortunately he was unavailable to provide comments oh. to the washington post okay but um <laughs> Come on, he does, yeah, reporter he, fish. But he does look like, he does look <laughs> melanated. And I was just like, really? Okay. Um, and so, once again, I think it's it, it's censorship. It's um, it's also adultism in mm. some ways of like, you know, telling students that... Um, what you say doesn't matter. What you say, does, right, what you say doesn't matter. It's like, that's You're so messed up. You're not going to make any change, yeah. Um, so I didn't appreciate that. that. Um, my next Wu Chow comes from the great city of Chicago mm. and Ooh, the no, this is really a Wu Chow. Well known progress bar. <laughs> Wu Chow to this email that got leaked telling all DJs, I guess from the owner or the bar manager, telling all DJs that they were no longer allowed to play hip hop music, aka rap music, effective immediately. That email was leaked online. People started going in. So then they tried to backtrack and say, oh, no, that's not what that meant. Don't read too much into it. They started getting more press. And then they shut down for a couple of days for, I guess, I was like, employee training oh or whatever before like, they opened up. But y'all are not Starbucks. Stop <laughs> with this diversity training, a.k.a. Um, trying to be, I guess, politically correct and trying to basically save face right um this was a mess it was it was what poorly way, handled what a way to kick off pride right 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 at the say, beginning of june i mean and in their email it is deliberate i mean yeah, it was no like, more hip-hop music no more light hip- from wgci yes, like, so like that is a black station it, started, it got more it got more descriptive as the email went on it was like no more urban music no more rap hip-hop anything played on wgci we don't want these artists like it, it it was it was out of control it was it was and so people rightfully so you know started complaining and protesting and uh i mean they should like i said they shut down for like a day or two to do some i guess i don't know they didn't say it was sensitivity training it was they were shutting down to kind of get their they story shut down because they knew that it was going to cost too much to open right. it when no one was coming that day, right? Because so. it had gotten around like wildfire, right? And, and so they were like, "We're not going to pay staff mm-hmm. to come in when we know that no one is coming, so right. we're shutting it down." I, I mean, I guess that's I, what happened. I've not been back since, so I don't know what kind of music they're playing. Maybe we should send a correspondent over there. And I won't be sending anybody. Over there. <laughs> see if they're like if they're. They're they're playing the types of music that they said they're going to play, or if they nixed hip hop altogether. This has sparked a lot of discussion in the Chicago gay community for sure, and I think in some other circles as well. Not just the gay community, because we've seen this happen with other nightlife spaces. Right. I think this is different with it being a space that is 
you know, that preaches acceptance of all. Right. Well, number one, it's a queer space and then it's a POC space on top of that. I think it's really interesting that we're now having to have this conversation in this month Mm -hmm. at this place that it's been basically, I I mean, I would call it, yes, the person, like the, the, the queer people of color sanctuary are the in main Boystown. people who frequent um, that so bar. in the space of Boys Town if you've never been I think that you can kind of find it, it it's very white mm-hmm. Boys Town I would say is very white um, in you know comparison to other cities but I've always found that progress um, as well as a couple of others mm-hmm. um, to be that staple space for people of color right I agree and so it, it's really unfortunate that you know you pay tribute to the people that have basically kept your lights on. Right, but now uh, you're going to shit on them. Yeah. So. Um, what's your other Wu Chow? My last Wu Chow was a Wu Chow moment. Hold on, wait. Rewind that back. I was listening to a, um interview called The Sit Down, um, and it was with Sanaa Lathan. Okay. And basically everyone knows Sonal Lathan from Love and Basketball. I feel like that was her breakthrough role um, as Monica and to kind of, you know, that was the launching pad for her career. Love and Basketball is such an iconic movie. It's definitely a classic. It is. Um, and she talked a little bit about how it's like definitely a classic now, but it wasn't that popular when it first came out. Well, I mean, as I really are a lot remember. of movies, like um, back in that era. And I just didn't remember it like that. I mean, you think of it now, it's just such a classic right. I always thought it was part good of from the, the first time I saw it, um, yeah. But, you know, one of the things that she talked about is the, the interviewer, and I forget his name, it was a really good interview, uh, but he asked her what was something that people would be surprised to know about from, the, from her, experience her experience with the film. Yeah. And she basically said that it was a miserable experience. Uh, she went into detail about how getting the role was such a uphill battle. They were really looking for a person who was a basketball player who could and act. who could who could act. Um, and so they've been working with lots of um, women basketball players and kind of putting them through acting classes and giving them screen tests and chemistry tests and all of these things. But for Sanaa, it was like, we're just going to kind of keep you on the back burner just in case. It was like, this is our fail safe in case we're not able to get who we really want. Right. Um, And so after months and months and months of having to go back and they put her through these weird basketball auditions to watch her play. Mm -hmm. Sanaa Lathan, who is not a basketball player, she's a dancer. She's a basketball. She was having to do these like these um, drills and different things like that. And she said it felt really awful. But... um, at the end, she ended up having to get the role just because she felt like the producers and director um, were not able to really figure out that right. perfect casting uh, for Which the role of Monica. doesn't exist. And so they, you know, she felt like I am, I'm second best. Like I'm not who they want and I'm right. here. And so to add to that, so you already feel that going in. And keep in mind, it's not Sanaa Lathan from something new, from Love and Basketball. This from is like one of this her is first like movies. Brand, this yeah. is like a brand new actor, unknown, coming in. To a movie, and yeah. And they put her like amongst all of these like professional basketball players, these women basketball players. Mm-hmm. And people looking at her sideways, um, as far as like she shouldn't have this role. She's not a bad, she doesn't know what she's doing. All of these things kind of coming in. And it was a really eye-opening experience because like you would, of course... 
with Love and Basketball being such a classic, right. you just would think it was just kind of all came together perfectly. But right. apparently it was a really miserable experience for her. And it kind of brought me back to that idea of imposter syndrome that I think everyone deals with. Um, of course, hers is much on the life a larger platform kind of mm-hmm. almost for the world to see now and kind of I mean the gag is like Sanaa's character is what makes the movie so oh, I yeah. mean like, like I think of course hands down like Omar, Omar Epps is great but like Sanaa's character is like what makes that movie and I think that you find that all the time in Hollywood of like this person actually wasn't the first person to get it or anything like that and it ends up, it ends up being magic right um, but the the road to get there it was just so well, it complicated. Was really surprising mm-hmm. um, to hear about that, and well, kind of have to deal with her. that. So that imposter syndrome is real. Have you ever had to deal with imposter syndrome, sir? I feel like every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just I feel like being a black person moving in the professional space. There are nine times out of ten, like you are always second best, or I don't want to say when I say second best. Mm-hmm. somebody else's second best obviously you going into the situation like i go into every situation thinking i'm the shit like i'm i know what i'm doing i can do this and da 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 and i've learned very quickly in the corporate and professional spaces that there is something the one thing that people hate is knowing that you are better than them at something and they will do everything they can to sabotage you hmm. or backstab you or make sure that you fail I've noticed that and it's a very disheartening thing but you've got to keep shining and you've got to remember to like what you know is what you know and do what you know how to do and what you were put there to do and let them embarrass themselves you know because I mean if you're doing your job they're going to embarrass themselves anyway so that's kind of how okay (laughs) so Marcus is coming somewhere very different Hmm. but okay um, so that was the Wu Chow segment. Wait, wait, wait. Can we get oh, like wait, a collective Wu Chow just to end it out? I think that's how we should do it. Okay. We'll, okay. So ready? that was the Wu Chow segment. Wu Chow. I think it works. I think it works. Did it work? I think it works. Let us know. Um, Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. um, But when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to spill some of this cold pop because I understand Trent has a very interesting set. So we'll be right back. You know, you can be all the things you've always wanted to be. Beautiful. Sexy. Easiest one, two, three. Just let the soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul, baby. Feeling oh so silky smooth. Just let it shine through. Just let your All right, welcome back to Cold Pop. Hello. All right, so let's get it with our other brand new segment. Lots of new segments today. You know, it's Kicking season it two. Brand new. We like to do some stuff in season two. So the title of this one is going to be Spill. I think there's always some things that we need to get off our chest um, and some confessions that we need to make. Okay, Usher. Uh, sure. And so, right, so we <laughs> need to go ahead um, and share that with all of you out there. And okay. so... 
Um, oh, this is yeah. Juicy. It's always going to be Tea. so okay. spill, spill, spill what's on your heart. Spill. Let me um, hear what you got. And so for me this week, one of the things that I'm going to confess um, is something I feel like I've battled with now for. I mean, ever since I left home, which was 2007, 2008. Um, 2011. I left home 2007. Well, I mean, you were still in... Okay, never mind. Details. 2007, I left my small town of Harrodsburg, Kentucky. And I made it a point to not really ever have to go back. Like, even in the summers, I would work at different places. Like, anything that I would have to do um, to to not have to necessarily go back and live at home for an extended period of time. I would always go back to visit family. And if you've really listened to our uh, last season, you know that I'm always back at at home. home. So I go back home all the time. But I can always do that because I don't live there. And so I always have somewhere that I can get away from. And so uh, this confession is more having to deal with family matters. Um, You know, it's Mm -mm. a rare condition. In um, this day and age, reading the good news in a good paper page. Thank you. We'll let you know. Um, so, <laughs> I'm not done yet. So, <laughs> You're so rude. And, and that's fine. Um, but no, I think one of the things that I have to confess is that I have always had a little bit of guilt about not necessarily going back home. Really? I think, yeah, for me. Um Hmm. And I would love to hear from other transplants and people that have left their hometowns. Um, but I've always have had a little bit of guilt. To, so to kind of really frame it for everyone here. And I feel like, yes, spill is a little bit more of a deeper mm-hmm. um, segment. But to kind of frame a little bit for everyone here. Um, my father passed away April of 2007. Mm-hmm. I graduated August of 2007, I left Harrodsburg to go to college. Wait, you graduated um, in the fall? I graduated... Um, you graduated in May of 2007. Yeah, so he... Gra- so my... Um, yeah, so my father passed away April of 2007. I graduated in May, a month later and then to the day. College, and then I went to college in, in the fall. August, yeah. And so from that time, like I said, I really made it a point not have to be home... To not have to be home for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And I already knew that it was going to be dicey already leaving home at that very like weird um during that very weird in transition stage, you know yeah. it's a very weird transition from high school um, to college and you know to not have my father there and all of those th- types of things so right after college i took a job in florida and lived down there for a couple of years and then i moved to chicago and i've been to, in chicago ever since and it's always been the conversation anytime that i go back and visit home of like when are you coming back when are you going to move back <laughs> All of those things. And I think that for the most part, a lot of my family understand that I need to be in a city. I need to be somewhere right. like a Chicago. It has a little bit more to um, offer. That has, yeah, yeah, that has more to offer and more to do. And, you know, some of my family have, have actually, like, encouraged me, like, staying away. Right. Um, because I think in the, like, in the back of my mind, I know that being away is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Without saying too much, over the past couple of months, there's been some really big things that have popped off in my family. And I can only imagine having to be there in it like every day Mm -hmm. would consume me in a way that would take me away from 
your other responsibilities. All of my other responsibilities, right. priorities. my projects, yeah. priorities, things that I want to do. Right. Um, and so I've always had a little bit of guilt of not necessarily being able to be there and to help fight those fights back there, back at home with my family. But I think that that's also encouraged me to do more things to want to give back to that community. Right. So like Bud's. Mm-hmm. When I did that summer college tour in that organization and oh, like just big wanted brothers, to go big back. Sisters, so always like just that, being yeah. there um, and figuring out a way to give back, but not in a way that requires me to move back. Um, but that's one of the things that I have always, that's one of the things I've always battled with um, in terms of being away from home. So what's really interesting, and obviously I, I will give a brief summary and won't go into it just for the sake of time and everything like that, but... As a ch- my parents have always been big proponents of go, run, go as fast as you can, as far as you can, go. You know, from even when I was a child, I was, I did summer camps. I did things that got me out of the house and away from where mm-hmm. I was from because they were more concerned with making sure that I got a well-rounded picture of what you it got meant that exposure. to be. A, a, a well-rounded person moving in this world. Same here, yeah. And so when I graduated college, I went as far as I could. I went to Montana. I went to Florida. I went all the way to California, you know? And, and, I, and I think because of the stuff that I did when I was younger, it allowed me to never be homesick. And so yeah. then therefore... I spend most of my time being out. And you know as well as I do, like people ask all the time, well, when is the last time you've been home, Marcus? Oh, yeah, you do not I, go home. I don't. You have no I don't. <laughs> I don't, but like the the and my explanation is always is that I don't go home. But I talk to my parents literally at least two or three times a week. So mm-hmm. I mean, that connection is not lost, and you know they know as well as I do. Like go, Marcus. Like go and like be the best you can be. See the world. Be the great at your job and all of that. They want that for me. You know, yeah. they're, they're every time I talk about or joke about, oh, uh, well, if things don't work out, I'm moving back home to y'all. And they're like, there ain't nothing here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're going to do here. So you might as well stay gone that way. Don't come back here because mm-hmm. ain't nothing here for you here. You know, and so I mean, I think it's always been that push that has always made me not feel bad about going home because my parents have always been big proponents of getting out and staying out now obviously i try to make it a point as i get older to go home because obviously as you get older your parents get older and so you want to make sure that you're putting in that time with them because this time is not going to be here always exactly and so i want to make sure that i'm consistently being able to do that but at the same time i have no regrets or i don't feel bad about not being at home or being away from home for extended periods of time because i feel like it's what we're supposed to do and there's no other way we're going to learn there's no other way we're going to experience how other people live how other ethnicities or religions or cultures are anything ethnicities you tried it. No, you said. <laughs> you tried it. You said ethnicities. 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 So, I mean, um, I, I understand when you say that sometimes you feel bad, but you're starting to understand that, like, being away is a good thing. It is a great thing. No, and I think I've understood that, like, at all. I think it's coming to peace mm-hmm. with being able to say that out loud. Oh, okay. Um, and to, Yeah, it hits you different know, when you say rec- it out loud. And to recognize it, just because, you know, I have a very big close-knit right. family right i have a big family too but yeah. we're not 
Some of us are more close-knit than others. I feel like we're all pretty, you know, we're crazy. They are. From the stories I've heard, yes. yes. We're very, you know, we're very close. It's very much a clan. And (laughs) to be the only one. Who's not there. Really, to be the only one who's not there. um, I can see that. You know, it's a a lot. So I'm one of five. My mom is one of nine. My dad Mm -hmm. was one of 12. I would say this before we wrap this segment up. I would take... You not be the you being the only one not there. I would take as a positive because that means you bring a different perspective to something that everyone else is already used to, and maybe mm-hmm. an outside knowledge that people didn't think of because you can see it from an outside perspective. Yeah. So I would take that as a positive. Yeah, and like I mean, trust me, there's no plans to move back anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> but it is there. just something you know. It's something that you kind of keep. Um, in the back of your mind as far as you know when things really do get crazy and you know you get that call of like oh I need to right. get well I can't get down there so right. you come when you can and you know you try to be as consistent as you can so alright well that was a good spill thanks for sharing thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, alright we're going to take one more break and when we come back it is the segment we've all been waiting for. It's Fizzer Flat after this. Turbo Man! Buzz Lightyear! Available at all Al's Toy Bound outlets in the Tri County area. Here at Globo Gym, we understand that ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders. Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. So we're back, and it's time for Fizz or Flat. Now, this is our tent pole segment that we always discuss all the way back from season one. We've got some good ones this week. I think so, too. So do you want to start, or yes, should I? Yes, I'll start. Okay. So, and I can already tell you right off of the bat, this will be cut and dry and to the point. The first topic up for discussion or up for, deci- up for decision on the fizz and fizz or flat chopping block is X-Men Dark Phoenix. I'm just going to let you go right now. This is a flat for me. You've been saying that for quite a while. And you haven't even given, you have not given this movie a chance since the word go. And I won't give this movie a chance when the word stop comes because this is a pure flat. On Rotten Tomatoes, guess what the percentage is? What's the percentage? Tell me. 28 Oh, wow. So people are really not liking it. People right. are not loving the Queen of the North. But, like, this... And the funny thing is is that it's not even about her. It's about this movie. Like, this is our... Number one, this has already been done. Number two, we're trying to do a second go-around on something that we know Fox, or who... I think it's Fox, does not do a good job of telling this story. Is this basically trying to be a rehash of X-Men 3? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it literally is. I mean, okay, and I can kind of get that from... Um, the canon has been I can rebooted. get that yeah I can kind of see that just from like a standpoint I was hoping it would go a little bit more in depth about nah, sway. Um, about her but I don't know I haven't, I haven't seen the movie so I, I haven't either but I can I, and honestly I'm probably going to bootleg it let's just be honest I'm not going to the movie theater go ahead sweetheart so, give it a chance I'm not going to spend my money on that so it's a flat for me what about you Ooh. um I mean, I'll just—you are a nerd, Child, so I will playing. go ahead and give right. it a flat as well. But I like—I like, I like uh, Sophie Turner. So. I do too, but this movie ain't it. This ain't it, Sophie. I would support her. This I ain't it. Um, okay, what you got next? All right, of course, I think we have to talk about 
when they see us. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. And that's definitely a um, very important and impactful uh, seminal um, work of art. It's, it's definitely a masterpiece. So I took a sick day because I was sick. When was that? That was sometime this week. And I basically were you sick or were you? Oh, sick? I was I was sick as a damn dog. Oh, okay. I yeah. So mm-hmm. working that entire weekend um, and being up and down like really just got my body out of all sorts. And so I took that day to kind of make my way through the four different parts of when they see it. So mm-hmm. Ava DuVernay's. Um, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and it's Ava DuVernay's um, take on the Central Park Five. Um, and the story of how it basically, how it all went down mm-hmm. um, from that very first night um, when there was 30 young African-American men in the park all the way for two until their release, um, for which for some happened 12 years later after they were wrongfully oh co- convicted. And so um, very important work. It's a lot. I've seen a lot of people talk about like, oh, I can't watch it. I can't see it. Um, do yourself a favor, bite the bullet and watch and watch the film. I think it's really important that we continue to have these um, have these conversations about things um, such as this topic about policing and how the media can twist and turn uh, the public and a narrative. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's also really important just about how you know h- how society doesn't allow black boys to be black boys Um, or black boys to be boys. It's automatic. They automatically get treated as men. And so um, lots of good stuff from it. I think the actor that plays Corey Wise is going to be nominated for um, probably every award coming up. Um, So I look forward to kind of seeing him. I know he's getting a lot of buzz around his name right now. I think his name is Jarrell Jerome. He's also played in, he played Kevin in Moonlight, young Kevin oh, okay. in Moonlight. Um, but he was great. Um, the little boy that plays Kevin as well, he was a, he was also a standout for me. Um, there, I mean, there was just lots of um, lots of great performances. I haven't seen it yet, and I think my main thing has been like I just I have to be in the right headspace. I'm gonna watch it. But I, I haven't gotten into that headspace to watch it, so hopefully I can get to it this uh, this coming weekend. Yeah. So I, th- I mean, like, of course, it's going to bring up some visceral reactions and some visceral feelings, but you can't change history if you, you know, don't know history. Yeah, it's definitely you have to you have to kind of see it, it exactly how it all went down. It's already started to spark some change. Um, that the one of the uh, detectives from the uh, trial. Um, oh girl is actually you know she stepped, she stepped down, down from, from that position, some of her yeah. positions a few of her positions and actually and so i think it's just really powerfully media. a testament of like how you know Avery duvernay has an idea as well as a lot of people have an idea about how media can influence mm-hmm. um so just in how it did it for those young black men back in 1989 mm-hmm. yeah for the negative it kind of did that come full circle um, for it kind the of came full circle yeah. for the people who um, put these men in that position. So are you giving us a fizz or a flat? It's definitely two fizzes way up. Yep, I'm two fizzes way up. Two okay. fizzes. <laughs> I'm giving this a fizz as well. So I think it's absolutely important. So Without even seeing it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, girl. Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not doing this with you. I'm not doing this. Y'all heard him. I'm not doing this with you. Next up, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, they just released their Pride Month issues with a bunch of double issues. Um, people like uh, uh, what's his name? Wilson Cruz is on the cover. Janet Mock is on the cover. Wilson Cruz Anderson, is still out and about. Wilson Cruz. Check out his cover. I'm gonna look it up right Check now. Check it out. Um, Anderson Cooper's also on the cover. Um, it was a lot of speculation because over the past few months, Entertainment Weekly has been doing a bunch of double issues, and then the news came out that they're going to a monthly instead of a yearly subscription service now. And so, I don't know if this is like a sign of the times for like publishing and editorial and it things like is. that because Entertainment Weekly is a very popular or was once a very popular magazine. Um, and so I'm not it's quite too sure. Ain't nobody gonna keep printing all this stuff for y'all tonight. It's like the, you know how the church programs and people you ask you go to church and they don't want to give you a program right. um, at like a funeral or a wedding because they only print it so, so many. many. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this is. But I mean, it could be also the sign of everything going digital, you know. And so I mean, Possibly. a lot of people look stuff up online as opposed to actually buying a magazine anymore these days. So very I like interesting. to have something to put on my coffee table though. Mm-hmm. I do so, too. I do too. I, I like it. Um, I am looking at this. I'm convinced Wilson Cruz has to be a vampire. Yeah, because he's aging backwards. Like, so this is not that's demonic, and I don't. <laughs> I'm, actually not, I'm glad I'm not gonna put that on my coffee table. So I'll put, on my my house. House. I'll put it's that on my coffee. I'll put that on my coffee table. Um, he looks he he looks amazing. Stellar. Um, and he's been around for a long time. Yes. So so then the fizz or flat is for Entertainment Weekly's Pride editions. Are you giving this a fizz or a flat? Um, I'm going to give the cover from what I've seen a, a fizz, mm-hmm. um, and I'm also giving their decision to go monthly a fizz as well. You have to let's adapt. stop being yeah, let's stop being wasteful. And the digital is where everyone is at. Like, let's go ahead and make that happen. Yeah, let's figure out a way to put Entertainment Weekly in as a podcast that people can listen to Ooh. or download on Apple Music. And you know we could do it for you, Entertainment Weekly. Give us a call because <laughs> you know we all about that check. So <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a fizz too. I think the Pride editions are great, and um, I'm not quite sure where the the the, the monthly subscription is going to go, or if that's going to hurt or help them um, in the future. But we'll see. So uh, what else you got? Okay, so my next two. Um, my next two pieces are both from TV. Okay. All right. My first one is is that I recently watched um, the season premiere of Handmaid's Tale. So Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. is back. I mean, um, we're living it. So do we really need to watch? No, we definitely it? need to watch just so we could be prepared for what's coming down the pipeline. So it's happening. Yeah, it's happening, and it's just we need to be prepared. I already know what's going on. I already know how I'm gonna how I plan to survive. You do watching Handmaid's Tale. How? How are you gonna survive? I am going to number one. I'm gonna become a Martha. Okay. I'm gonna be cooking and cleaning <laughs> as much as I can. Um, <laughs> you got to cook. You got to and cook clean. and you gotta clean. Wash everything. <laughs> Smile and grin. Um, so yes, I will be a Martha, and that's exactly how I plan to make it. But okay. I mean, you gonna see in the premiere, psh, Martha's aren't even safe now. They're they, not. There's too much going on. And so yes, I've watched the uh, the first three episodes of Handmaid's Tale. Courtesy of Marcus Steele's Hulu because your Ooh. yeah 
you've actually are still logged into my TV on Hulu. And, and so I, I've ooh, been watching that. Have so. you seen that meme with Jasmine? Jasmine Masters, went, and I, oh, yeah. wait a minute. So, I'm going to need you to go ahead and log out of that. I yeah, I was like, that. oh, let me get on here. And it was like, oh, hello, Marcus. I was like, hello. Uh, <laughs> and I, oh, wait a minute. Right. I'm going to need you to come on off of that. Thank you so then. much. Please um, and so thank you. I watched all three episodes. It's getting crazy. It's getting real. What I think I'm going to not like, or what I think I'm not going to be here for, is Commander Lawrence. He is already, he he's too wishy-washy, and that's going to be a problem for me. If he wants this relationship to, because I was rocking with Commander Lawrence, end of season two. Uh-huh. That was my boy. I was like, okay, you know what? I fucks with you. But season three, he's already doing a lot, and I don't know if we're going to be able to continue on our path. Well, how many episodes are in this season? Um, I think it's like maybe like 10 or 13. I don't know. Oh, 10 or oh, 13. So it's a good amount. I'll so it's a good amount. amount. But I watched the first three. Things are already hitting the fan. Um, the the little baby. Oh, the little baby. <laughs> Child. The little baby made it across the water. Let me tell you something. Um, is her name of Glenn? I forget what her actual... Oh, Emily. Boom. I forgot her name. Emily did that... I mean, Emily was on the Underground Railroad for about three <laughs> days, but she made it with that baby. I mean, it was giving me all kind of yeah. slave tease. Okay. Um, but it it's good. I have a couple of predictions. I'm going to keep them to myself. Okay. Um, but we'll see exactly what happens. Okay. Um, I've got one more Fizzer Flat that's not on here. I'm actually going to forego the one that wait, I Wait, 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 wait. Can we give oh, yeah, Handmaid's yeah, yeah, yeah. Tale? Yeah, yeah. Definitely gets a fizz for me. Um, because it was it was the banger I needed to kick off season three. Handmaid's Tale is a good show. I don't watch it that much, but the only reason why I'm giving it a flat is because real life just is you a hater, unbearable. And you need to watch it because if everyone who's seen it already already knows when Serena set fire to the rain. Uh huh. Okay. Come on, Adele. Set fire to the rain. If you know what I mean, catch that pun because she was in the Waterford house. She set fire to. Come on, come through. Come. She, yeah, that's when I was like, yes, I was okay. living. Fine, fine, fine. So I'll give it a fizz. It's definitely fine. Gets a fizz. I'll give it a fizz. So, um, now that you've watched it, I really, though, I need you to log out of my Hulu subscription. I will not be. Please yeah, <laughs> and You will not be invited. So. Okay. <laughs> I will change my password. I'm logged in. It's not going to kick me out. Oh, you don't think so? It, it really won't. Okay, we'll see. About and Hulu that. has a free month, so I, I just can keep. I can do emails until <laughs> yeah, new until email, a new identity every month. <laughs> every until month. we get through Handmaid's Tale, that's really the only thing I watch because I have cable everywhere else. So. Well, okay. Um, my only other fizz or flat that I want to talk about. This is a surprise one to you. Um, I think this will be good because I just listened to. Um, I listened to Amanda Seals' podcast called Small Doses, and she did a whole episode about this. Um, Fizzer flat on Game of Thrones and how it ended. Oh, God. <laughs> what are you giving that? I don't talk about that. <laughs> Just real quickly, because we got to wrap this up, but I mean, what are you it, giving that? I mean, it was definitely a flat how it ended. Like it, The whole I mean, season, like, it was except for episode three, was a flat. It definitely fell flat. Um, you know, I was talking to Bay about this, and he basically put it in the best words that I could say. Um, the people, the writers behind Game of Thrones mm-hmm. have shown that they are really great at adapting books. Right, but not coming up with original but content. But coming up with the original story and content, and it's not your ministry. Right. 
Um, so that, it, it, it's, I mean, and it's clear. Like, the way that some of these characters were set up at the end of season seven Six. and where they because went season to. season seven and eight were not that great. I thought, I love season seven, well, personally. Um, but not the, so much. how they were set up. Right. And then to kind of go through this sixth episode, just... It was just very rushed. Just, I mean, basically just disassembled Completely rushed. But, and I think um, the kick in the face for a lot of fans, including myself, and I'm sure you too, was just the fact that we spent six or seven seasons, you know, riding or dying with these characters and going through the ups and downs and these just incredible journeys that a few of them had been on. And for... The disservice that was season eight and just how everything was rushed and how, you know, like, oh, okay, so we're not just going to, you know, build upon what she just did for four years, four seasons prior, and we're just going to totally undo that in an episode. Do yourself a favor, okay? Go on YouTube, all right? Go to Screen Rant. Oh, I've seen this. Okay? Yeah. And type in Game of Thrones season eight pitch meeting. Literally the funniest thing <laughs> that right. I've seen regarding the Game of Thrones and probably the best reaction in regards to where we're at with the um, season eight finale. There's also a thread on Twitter called, um, what was the point of that? About Guinness talking about Game of Thrones and like it has all of these monumental moments that were supposed to be like big aha moments and then season eight just totally did away with them. For example... Jon Snow being a Targaryen. What was like, the point uh, of that? No, we're not going to talk about that. What was the point of that? So, yeah, yeah. So, you have to go watch that video on YouTube. Trust me. You will thank me later. All right. Well, that about does it for us. Um, final you know, thoughts. Final thoughts. And try not to ramble on this season, honey, because you do oh, honey, a I lot of talking. On. I do not ramble on season. anything. So, final uh, thoughts. Let's so. limit it to, like, a couple of sentences, please. Final thoughts on this episode? Just um, in general of what's happening in the world of pop culture. I mean, I'm all here for what's going on. I don't think it's an exciting time that much for music right now. No. Um, I'm really excited about Megan Thee Stallion and the Fever Project. I haven't made my way through. I'm like really bad. I've really been listening to uh, Through the Fire by Shaka Khan. Weird <laughs> and random. But anyway, all signs are pointing to the uh, start of Pose, which happens this Sunday. Yes. Um, I believe it's this Sunday. Uh, uh, it's it's the, the, the second week of June, I think. Oh, okay. Well, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited, um, and hopefully it will be a great season. I think so. I think so. If you haven't seen season one, it's on Netflix, the full season, so catch up and go support because this is a groundbreaking show on mainstream cable, and it deserves its shot, and it's good. Okay, I lied. Stores. It's not coming on Sunday. It's actually June 11th. Yeah, second. So next Tuesday. I lied. Next Tuesday is June 11th. I lied. So, um, but yeah, so I think my final thoughts, I agree. I think there's a lot going on in pop culture right now. And I think that um, I'm just going to take it a day at a time. You know, <laughs> I'm going to take it a day okay, at a time. Is it stressful for you? It did stress out, honey. Okay. Stressed out trying to keep up with all this stuff going on. Trying to keep up and with drink culture. water and mind my business and do good it's at work tough. and hydrate and yeah. make sure my hair is combed. It's a lot. And not travel back home. Right. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, but this was a good episode. I'm glad. It feels good to be back. Yes. Um, and I look forward to figuring out exactly uh, what we're going to be doing this summer, people that we're going to bring in to talk to you guys. Yes. Um, so, it's going to be an exciting season. And don't forget to follow us on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Marcus Drew Steele with the E on the end and the same on Twitter. 
Yep, and I am Trenton Rashad on Instagram. I've started tweeting. I'm back to tweeting now a little bit more. Yeah, you did. That was um, on Twitter. And so um, you can you can find me there at Trenton RD. And um, also follow us uh, on Instagram at Cold Pop Show. Yes, so. yes. We got a lot of good pick. We got a we got a marketing campaign. Yes, honey. So She's be editorial. on the lookout. We're official editorial. So get into it. Um, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you all in the future. All right. <laughs> Bye.